May all grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If there's any children here tonight, I invite you to come forward. Hey guys, how are you? What do we got here? What is this? Actually, it's a chrysanthemum tree, right? These are called chrysanthemums. Different things that represent God, right? And our holiness and God's righteousness. Well, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Reminds you, you probably put trees up at your house, don't you? You do. Does this tree look pretty full? It's got a lot of branches on it, doesn't it? Have you ever seen a tree like Charlie Brown has? Do you know who Charlie Brown is? What does his tree look like? Snowy. I don't think his tree has any branches on it, does it? Or very little, no leaves, right? But this one's pretty full, and there's kind of all kinds of cool different things on there, right? And when you look at them, what do you see when you see some of these? What, what, is, what does that remind you of? What is that? That's a bird. Okay, do you know what kind of bird? Oh, okay, good, good. Let's see. What about these? What's that? A moon. And who made the moon? God, that's right. Oh, oh. What about that? Cross. So what's a cross remind you? Well, yeah, every answer is God. You're good, right, but. <laughs> That's, man, here, I'm going to let you give the sermon tonight. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm proud of you. That's wonderful. That's right. And so you see all these things, and it makes you think of, of all the cool things that, that God does and creates, right? But I got a question for you. Have you all ever heard of a family tree? Yeah, what's a family tree? Family presence under the tree? Okay. <laughs> no? Okay. What is a family tree? It's actually a tree with no branches that has little pictures of people in your family. Oh. The entire family. Cool. The entire family. So how many people do you have in your family? Six. Six. More than six. Okay. We could be here a while. You have a big family. That's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's right. That's what, that's, that's what a family tree is. A 14, okay. That's good. That's what a family tree is. And so have you ever drawn out a family tree and then you could see little pictures of your family on there, right? And it shows where you have one. Pretty cool. How about you, Megan? Do you have a family tree? A lot of people in your family, yeah. And imagine we all do, right? So you have your own individual family trees, and then there's God's family tree, right? Pretty cool stuff on God's family tree, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But what do you think are some important things about a family tree? Anybody? Yes. The people in your family that's important. Now, does anybody's family tree have like a really, really important person that's more important than everybody else in there? Hmm? Brother. A brother, okay. Brother. <laughs> that's good. Sometimes our family trees do, right? And they have important people. But you know, as Christians, we belong to a ginormous family tree. Big, big time family tree. That, and who do you think's at the center of that family tree? The big Christian family tree. Who's at the center of that family tree? Come on, you said it earlier. Triune God, right? Good job. 
All right, that's what I want you to remember. When you look at the, at the Christmas tree this year, I want you to look at it not for the ornaments and things like that, but recognize that tree as maybe a family tree and picture all the people you'd like to see on there. And then more importantly, look at who's at the center of that family tree. All right? Christ. Y'all can go back to your seats. Pretty cool when you think about a family tree, right? And all the people that you have in it. And you ever looked at a family tree and you know that there's family members that you don't necessarily see in it (laughs) for whatever reason. And I got to thinking about this family tree. And um, I know, you know, I think every family probably has them. I've got some black sheep in my family that don't show up on the family tree. And all I can do is pray for them. And, and, and when I think about God's family tree, though, I think about two things. One, who am I going to see up on that family tree come judgment day? Who am I not seeing up on that tree right now? that I want to reach out to and make sure their pictures hung on that family or their name is written in there. Then my other thought goes back to when it all began. All the way back. Let's go back to Genesis tonight, right? And we have this story of God encountering Abram, who's 99 years old, <laughs> right? And he comes to Abram, what does he say to him? I'm going to make you the father of nations. And no longer are you going to be called Abram. You're going to be called what? Abraham. That's right. Exactly. Can you imagine God coming to you and saying, I'm going to make you the father of nations? You're 99 years old. What might your reaction be to that? (laughs) I can tell you at 50 what my reaction would be to that, right? Nonetheless, 99. And yet, here was Abraham. And there was a problem with this, right? The problem is, is that Abraham's 99. His wife, Sarai, is not much younger, maybe 10 years younger than he is. So they're both pretty old. And when God tells him this, what's Abraham's reaction? He laughed. And then imagine what happened. Now, thankfully for Abram, he didn't go tell his wife. (laughs) She happened to overhear the conversation, and what did she do? She laughed. So they both laughed, and what did God do? He didn't budge. He promised that he was going to make them, he was going to make Abraham a father of nations, and Sarai was going to be the mother of the nations, right? And we're going to multiply and be fruitful and all this. And they laughed, and he did not budge. In fact, he doubled his promise. Doubled his promise to him. Because what does that say about God compared to us when it comes to promises? God doesn't move. God's a rock. His promise is solid. And he was going to show Abraham what this is like. That he was going to be the father of all nations on the earth. And they were going to be blessed. Each generation was going to be blessed. That means also that Abraham and Sarai were going to have to do what? Have faith. Have faith that I'm 99 years old. My wife's 89 years old. And God just told me I'm going to be the father of nations and have a kid at my age. I'm going to have to have faith. And what faith they had. God didn't just promise that. He promised that through one of his descendants... 
one of his descendants, those who were coming down in the generations from there, was going to be a great one, was going to be the one that blessed all of creation. That means somebody very special was going to be the head of that family tree. Now, was anybody paying attention when I read the second reading from the epistle uh, the, from Romans? Paul wrote what? He wrote that, pe- that letter to tell the people what? Anybody remember? What did Paul tell the people? He, he told the people about Jesus, who's the head of the tree. He also referenced who? Abraham. And he referenced Abraham's faith. Trying to tell this fledgling church in Rome to keep that faith, to remind them that they're a part of this massive family tree. To not let the persecutions and all the troubles overcome them because of who they belong to. But guess what? You're going to have to have the faith. If God can bless somebody at 99 with a child and give them generations of blessings, can he not bring a fledgling church through the troubles and the turmoils that they face? Could he not bring ascension through all that we've been facing? Of course he can, because there's nothing that God can't do. He also talked about how the people, including Abraham, had to trust in faith, in God's promises. Because that's part of faith, right? It's trust. Think about the air you breathe. You don't see air. How do you describe air? I'm not sure, right? You can feel it. (laughs) You trust your body's going to breathe it. You don't think about breathing when you're to bed, do you? No, you just automatically think you're going to wake up the next morning still breathing. And that's how it is with trusting and stepping out on faith with God. You just trust that he's there. You trust that he's not going to let you down. And that he's going to bring you through whatever you're facing. But the trust is more. It's trusting in his promise, in his rock-solid promise. Trusting that through it all, at the end, Jesus is going to come back. And when we're standing there on judgment day, if we're standing there in faith, we're going to see our picture somewhere up on the family tree. Think about that. Because there's days, my friends, when I stand there and I think about that faith and how my faith fractures and shatters through things that I face in my life. And when I think about my responsibilities as a Christian, I look around at people that I know and I care about but I'm not necessarily sure if they're going to be up on that tree or not. And then I have to question myself, am I doing the things that I should be doing to make sure that they come to the faith? Am I promoting the gospel? Am I telling the story of the family tree? Because that's a very sobering moment when you get down to it and think about it. Even though Abraham and his wife Sarah were very old, and even though they didn't have any kids yet, they did believe that God could do anything. And they would go on to have children. And who did they have? Who did they have? It was great. Huh? (laughs) They had a lot of sons, right? They ended up having a big, big family. Okay? I mean, there was a lot of blessings that came out of that, but they knew that God would keep his promise. They had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob and Esau, and then it just kept flowing. Can you imagine standing there at that age and watching it go and go, wow, God just told me about that, and I laughed at him, and look what he just did. When God wants to bless something, God's going to bless it. 
just be nice if we didn't laugh every so often, or at all, for that matter, but just said, okay, God, I'll watch you go to work. In the reading from the Gospel of Matthew today, we hear a long list of people <laughs> that I did my best to get through, <laughs> who were all in this family tree. All these really cool names, right? But who was at the end of the list? It ends with Jesus. God keeps his promise. He has through the generations, and he continues on with that today. He sent Jesus to be born here on earth, to die for our sins, to rise again and ascend into heaven, overcoming death, devil, and sin, so that you and I can have that promise on the appointed day. You know, often we get to this time of the year, and we tend to think about Christmas trees, parties, and cupcakes, and cookies, and milk, and Santa Claus, and presents, and, and we forget what Christmas is really all about. I can't emphasize the importance of remembering it's about the birth of our Savior. We don't trust Santa to save us. We don't light our houses up like Disney to signal to God that we're great. We don't rely on cookies to nourish us, although they do taste good. We rely on Jesus. And we rely on our genealogy and our tree to know where we came from and where we're going. That's the importance of Christmas. God doesn't go away. He never breaks a promise. And the most important promise that he ever gave us was by coming to earth as a baby, lowly in a manger, riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. The lowliest form, the most humble form you can ever imagine. Not the greatness of the world would see, but in humility and in serving one another. And in the most important gift that we can give people this Christmas is the gospel. And to God be all the glory. Amen.